0: Welcome to another special episode of the Family Base Pod. My name is Jake, and here I'm with Dan Zai, uh, a friend from years ago uh, when we both lived in Missouri. You still live in Missouri, but I'm not me anymore. So, Dan, why don't you introduce yourself to anyone who's watching or listening?
1: Yeah, my name is Dan. Uh, I've uh, really enjoyed uh, knowing Jake for probably almost a, a decade now. And uh, I uh, live in New Franklin, Missouri, I work in, go to church in Columbia, Missouri, but uh, I'm originally from the East Coast near Philadelphia, and my Phillies fandom has uh, been something that's stuck with me over the long term, even as I've been living here in the Midwest these last 12 years.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think we'll get to that. I know, let's start off with it, because I think in the messages we exchanged, you said you were a Royals fan before you were a Phillies fan. So how did, how did that happen? Yeah, there's a really funny full circle that I had actually
1: forgotten about uh, until just a few years ago. But it, it really has come full circle. When I was a kid, I was six when the Royals won their first World Series in 85. And uh, in my town in eastern Pennsylvania, uh, or the, the next town over where I had a lot of family and, and uh, where our family went to church, it was the hometown of one of their coaches on their coaching staff, a fellow named Jimmy Schaefer, who had played oh. for the Cards in the 60s. But by the 80s, he was on the Royals coaching uh, staff. Yeah. I think he was a hitting coach or base coach. And uh, I distinctly remember this thing that uh, my family and some church friends took me out to in that fall of 85. It was a hero's welcome for this guy coming back to his hometown. (laughs) He flew in one evening on a chopper and landed in a supermarket parking lot and everybody had their homemade Royals banners out and everything because this was the hometown kid made good. Yet They just won the World Series. And, you know, I was obviously aware of the Phillies and Schmidt and Carlton and uh folks like that, even though I wasn't really an everyday fan, but I just decided I'm a Royals fan because, you know, baseball kind of has that power, I think, to connect people. There's so much that's been written about fathers and sons being important to baseball. I also think uh, geography and culture is super important to baseball. You see the way that Nike's trying to tap into that with the the city connects campaign. Uh, And and I I just feel like in in a very small town version of that, I experienced that as a kid because I had no connection to Kansas city or the Royals, except one coach who happened to be there. Uh, so I would say in those early years when I was six to ten years old, I was a, I call myself a Royals fan and had a Royals birthday cake. Uh, but I think it was the Ooh. summer I was ten years old. Uh, I just started watching the Phillies a lot on TV because it was on local TV. And even though that team was miserable in last place, uh, Schmidt decided to retire and get out because he, he knew it was going to be a while until uh, it was good again. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I just started being a Phillies fan at, at that point. But it's kind of fun now. I live 90 minutes from the – uh, from Kaufman Stadium, and uh, there was yeah. one Saturday I just jumped in the car, didn't even tell anybody. Decided I'm going to go go to a Royals game this uh, this summer, and it, it's fun how that came full circle.
0: Yeah, so so you were a, a Royals fan at six. So what, what was the age to switch over to the local team? Was I'd that 11, probably probably eighty eighty
1: nine or ninety? I think Schmidt retired oh. in eighty nine.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah, it's just, you know, I think I was talking about this with uh, someone who, again, another episode where it's a conversation, and he, the person I was speaking to is from Southern Illinois, he was a Cardinals fan, but now he lives out in North Carolina, and they have no team, and and whatnot. He talked, as you said, his father was a Cardinals fan, but never explained how he became a fan. So why did you make that transition um, to a Phillies fan? What was that kind of thing that made you switch?
1: Yeah, it's simply the fact that it was on TV all the time. And, you know, I think Uh NBC had a game of the week on Saturday at that point, but we didn't have cable and if you're going to watch tv if you're going to watch baseball on tv it was the it was the local team and of course we didn't have anything to stream at that point All so right. uh, I, it was it was what was there and uh, it was what you could actually invest in uh as a as a kid on tv and then on local radio too if you're in the car or, or, or if you're playing catch outside and have a have the radio going my brother and i certainly did that uh did that too and he he became a Phillies fan. So by the time they were really good for one year out of like a twenty-year span in '93, <laughs> uh, I was I was on board and and I was totally I was totally sold.
0: Well, you know, again, I I my memory, but uh, uh, I was also three at the time, so maybe that changes my memory of it. But was that the year that they went to the World Series? Was that, that right. '93? All right, that didn't end well, so I won't push on that uh, too far. Um, There's another
1: funny full circle about that that I could tell hmm. as a fan. I got to meet Joe Carter last year. <laughs> I I took a I took a day and I visited the the Negro League Baseball Museum in yeah. Kansas City and Joe Carter happened to be there for a special event. He's from Kansas and uh, hmm. and I met him and uh, and took a photo with him. I said I forgive you for breaking my heart at age 14. <laughs> when in that yeah. walk- World Series but uh, I got to go to uh, one game in the LCS uh, in the playoffs and my best friend growing up uh, it against the Braves they lost that one and then I got to go to games three and five of the World Series against Toronto that were in uh, that, that were in Philly and uh, saw Kurt Schilling uh, pitch a complete game shutout in game game five now here's a question that that's a little bit of a of an interesting uh, take on where baseball's been in 30 years yeah yeah. I want you to guess, Jake. How many pitches Kurt Schilling threw in that complete game in the '93 oh, World
0: Series? I mean, knowing how many they went, I'm going to say something like 150 or something. You nailed it.
1: 147. You you, you nailed wow. it. Kurt wow. Schilling threw 140, right. 147 pitches that night. <laughs> but yeah, great performance. And of course, we all think about Schilling with. Uh, with the D-backs and later with the Red Sox and the Bloody Sox and all that. But he, he already had a, a lot of postseason experience with the with the Phillies that year before he ever went on to those other, other teams.
0: Yeah, so I'm jumping a little bit, but let me just ask, since you brought up Kurt, uh, Hall of Fame, no Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, what do you think? Should he, should he have made it? I, I never saw
1: Schilling as a Hall of Famer, even mm. in most of his uh, – even with his later success, I don't know. I I just feel like there's a, I feel like there's a higher bar for pitchers. And, uh, and and I never really thought about, uh, thought about that. So if I had to say yes or no one way or another, I'd I'd say he's, he's a little bit short.
0: Okay. That's fair. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, just with three world series rings, um, and, uh, Two of the, I mean, you could argue all three were kind of historic for each city he was involved with. Um, yeah, the off field stuff kind of rings a little bit of a, not rings, but gives a bad taste to some of the reporters. So that was. Yeah, it, it does. We, He's a loose cannon and a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we covered the whole thing when it came out, but I I want, again, I push the conversation that way so you brought up you went up to games uh and again that was before their new stadium the veteran stadium so you would have uh some experiences in veteran stadium um do you want to share any of those that you see as memorable sure sure i the first game we went to that
1: would have been the year i was 10 89 for some reason i remember that and uh the first thing that you noticed about Veterans stadium and those other stadiums that were similar, those multi-purpose stadiums of that time were just the weird aesthetics. Uh, when I think about sitting in veteran stadium, I'm immediately struck with a, an image in front of me of yellow and orange, yellow seats and orange seats were in the upper deck. It was like kind of early seventies earth tones, I think was the way that they had decided to, uh, to, to, to just decorate the stadium. And uh, and I remember sitting in these yellow seats in the, in the upper deck of uh, Veterans Stadium. And uh, it's late in the game. It's a hot day. My brother and my parents are there. And we're watching the game. And all of a sudden, I notice they're like kids just running up the stairs a section over and two sections mm. over from where I was. And I'm thinking, what are these kids doing? There's they're, they're suddenly like two dozen kids just running up the stairs. No one else is really sitting upstairs in this, in this section. And then I see there was a one row of suites at the very top of the, uh, of the stadium. And for whatever reason, these folks who are sitting in the suite decided it would be fun to throw cash out the window of the suite. Like I'm seeing dollar bills just fl- just flutter down just to watch kids underneath them scramble for the cash and see what would happen, like some bizarre game show. And and I, I start to get out of my seat and my dad's like, no, you're staying right here. <laughs> yeah. I'm just watching this craziness happen. I watch a plastic seat get broken. And uh you know, there are I think there are stories about that that Veteran Stadium kind of became legendary as this place for fan misbehavior for both baseball and football. They built a jail cell there. They built the courtroom so that they could process people through Night court style, if they, you know, had a had a drunkenness charge or something. Wow. And, uh, and, and my so, yeah, my recollection of that was just watching crazy insanity <laughs> happen of people throwing cash out of a, a suite window just to watch what kids would, uh, would, would do down below. It was very, very strange. But, uh, it, yeah, it, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we've got Citizens Bank Park. have been there several times there now since 2004 when that opened and it's, it, it's beautiful. It's uh, it's not a downtown ballpark. Uh, they decided to build it the same, just right across the street from where Veteran Stadium was, which for uh, parking and uh, interstate access was was smart. But it's it doesn't have the charm of a downtown ballpark. But for not being a downtown ballpark, it's uh, it's a great time. Uh, I got to go to uh, opening day three years ago on my 40th birthday, and I thought that would be just like the perfect... Uh, the perfect 40th birthday present to myself. And uh, my mom and my brother joined me on that. It was another great memory.
0: So, Nostalgia of Veterans and the new of Citizens Bank. Which one uh, would you prefer to go to? Yeah. Just in general. I would say right now, but let's just say in general.
1: Yeah, I would definitely prefer to go to Citizens Bank Park. The only thing that Veterans Stadium really had going for it was... Noise that stadium rocked, and having been there in a playoff and World Series environment, it was as loud as an Eagles game. Uh, same same environment, and so that stadium, just the way that it was designed, was was loud and probably accounted for a home field advantage in a in a real way that uh, Citizens Bank Park with an open outfield just doesn't uh, doesn't do. But other than that, it's just for the ballpark baseball experience, it can't be can't can't be the present
0: yeah. for what it is. So. Selfish question, just because I'm curious, but um, yeah. let's. I'm trying to think of a nice way to say it, but Philadelphia <laughs> fans are not received well <laughs> that's overall. A good way to say it. I love that. That's a that's perfect. <clears> They're <throat> not received well. Um, what do you think about that? The kind of the nation as whole, well, kind of society yeah. of Phil's fans. You kind of agree with that somewhat, or do you have some kind of pushback?
1: I get this all the time. I get this like, I would not, I get p- church people being like, I would not have pegged you as an Eagles fan or a Phillies <laughs> fan. I guess that's yeah. okay. I guess that's a kind, like, backhanded compliment. But, okay. very, <laughs> um, very much. Yeah, I, I always make a note of when something happens, like if some, if there's some incident in some other city where stuff gets thrown on the field, or, uh, or, or fans just are, are unruly, it, it always... Uh, I, I always just make a note of it. Yeah, hmm, interesting. How that doesn't seem to play into the bad yeah. rap that one might have for Boston or DC. I mean, the, the worst fight I've ever seen at a at a ballpark was in Camden Yards. Um, oh. But uh, it, I I think I think Philadelphia and Boston's a little bit like this too. There's this inferiority complex with with New York, and oh. uh, I think actually the image of being kind of scrappy and obnoxious actually is something that uh, some people from Philadelphia Philadelphia area kind of uh, kind of run on and don't really mind feeding that reputation mm-hmm. I grew up about an hour north so I wasn't even really in the immediate Philadelphia suburbs even though that was the media market and and uh, and what friends and family um, w- would be into uh, but uh, it's there are a lot of idiot drunken sports fans everywhere and right, that is true. Right. The- that is just that is just true. So, like Philly, I think decides to wear it a little bit just because it's uh, it, it it does something to uh, to kind of foster a certain a, a certain civic pride. But uh, I, I don't think that I don't think there's anything distinct or uh, unusually depraved about us.
0: Yeah, I feel like the drunken fans, as a regularly uh, attendee, mm, you could mm-hmm. say that's a very commonplace thing. Um, yeah. And uh, that doesn't get talked about as much, um, yeah. So, no, just want to get your take on that, just simply because I'm, I never get to fully ask that question. Yeah, don't I? If you mind? But you know, again, you talked about growing up as a Philly fan, and you know, not just Phillies, but all Philadelphia sports. Um, but of the Phillies, who was that one player? that was your favorite growing up as a kid mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when you made that switch. Yeah, I
1: there were so many figures on that 93 team that were really fun to watch. And uh, I, simply from a baseball perspective, Dykstra was probably – Lenny Dykstra was probably my favorite to mm. watch play. He was a center fielder. He was a runner-up to Bonds for MVP that year. Um, but he already had a lot of – like, and again, we talked about shilling with off-the-field stuff. Dykstra already had a lot of off the field baggage as a player that p- people knew a little bit about, but it only got worse. All, that's only gotten worse for him too. Um, I love watching Dykstra and Kruk and uh, uh, Darren Dalton on, on that team. Those were all those were all guys who, again, they just had an attitude. They had this like macho swagger to them. So yeah, as a fourteen year old kid, everyone just uh, I, I love those guys and and everybody just loved that that whole lineup.
0: If you could just remind me, who was the uh, lefty reliever who gave up that home run to Carter? Who was that? That was Mitch Williams. Cub right. before Philly. Uh, we, and had, every, yeah. Everyone's a Cub. Everyone has that kind of mark. Um, right. right. The, the funny thing is someone like there was supposedly a trade That was going to happen with Randy Johnson at one point to the Cubs in the early 90s. So, everyone has some ties to the Cubs. So, I mean, Buckner has ties, all that. So, I mean, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, of course they were. Um, But, yeah, no, just I forgot his name. So, that was back then, 93, 14 years old. Now, as you see, this current team... Who's mm-hmm. that favorite play, or maybe just that play you enjoy watching? Who's that play right now?
1: Uh, I, it's got to be Harper. And, and it's like the easy answer, but it's, it's really a true mm-hmm. answer. I feel like just in my interest being reinvigorated here for, from a distance where I've got to you know pay for the MLB package that I do to really get into it day to day, like yeah. 2019 when I saw them go out and spend the money to bring in Harper – Showed me okay, this is a this is a big market team that's thinking like a big market team again. <laughs> They're ready to go for, to be in a, a top five payroll, and uh, and he's performed. I think he's lived up to it. I think I think he's worth the money. Uh, I think the fact that uh, that they've been able to bring in other free agents since then has has uh, has been attributable to that. And uh, so I, I I've I love watching him play, and uh, and I think it's kind of a it would be great for to see him make the playoffs this year, which I think they will. Um, And I Mm -hmm. think he just embodies, he's a super skilled hitter and, uh, and fun to watch that way. But he also just, for me embodies, pardon my cat, (laughs) he also embodies this, what this time can be where we, we get back to being a a postseason contender.
0: Yeah. You know, you literally answered multiple questions of mine regarding Bryce Harper. So, that's fine that i mean that's you jump right to it that's totally yeah, fine. so sure. let me jump to that a little bit so yeah when you saw brex Harper, let, let me just attack this season brex Harper went down with the broken right thumb mm-hmm. uh, and they said uh like his throwing elbow he has an injury he can play right he he's a dh what are your immediate thoughts when you see a kind of a star player like Bryce Harper go down or not be able to perform in every way he can. What's, what's your initial thought?
1: Yeah, I would, I was pretty pessimistic. Uh, I think last year he's, he had a, he was hit by a pitch and he missed some time and they really fell apart during that, during that time. Uh, but they didn't fall apart this year. Uh, with, yeah. uh, Rob Thompson coming on in early May. It, it, it's uh, The big change seems to be that he has been willing to play uh, the younger players. They moved out uh, Diddy Gregorius. Uh, they moved in Bryson Stott. They moved out Adubel Herrera. They moved in Matt Vierling. Uh, and so Phillies, uh, someone someone started using the word daycare. I don't know if it was someone on the team, but I see it now all over like <laughs> Philly's Twitter. Whenever one of these young guys does good, does well, it's like, Hashtag daycare. The Phillies daycare is out again, and and yeah. the young guys are doing well. So the young guys have just picked it up, and uh, and the uh, the chemistry seems seems there with with the manager and the clubhouse. So yeah, I was I was really pessimistic, but ne- uh, but they did really well uh, when he was uh, when he was on the aisle, and uh, and hopefully we can keep this lead here. We've got a couple of games for the the last wild card spot here in September.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'll be honest. As a Cubs win, when it, when I saw that, I mean, my natural inclination is to feel like, "Oh, it's over." So, so when I when I saw that, I was like, "I mean, all right, good luck next year." Um, yeah. So, you you mentioned a couple of things that I want to bring up is that now they have started to sign a lot of. A lot of bigger names, but also they do have that young talent. I want to talk about the the players they brought in, especially this last offseason. And that's uh, just a few, Schwarber and Casianos. Mm-hmm. Were those, looking back at those moves now, were those the right moves or would you prefer not mm-hmm. having that hindsight to look back? Would you rather them spend the money elsewhere?
1: i think they've been I, I think they're the right moves uh we also uh shored up the bullpen uh and and that was that's been important to the way that we've collapsed kind of some of the over the past couple of years down the, down the stretch but yeah i think those are the right moves that phillies are paying the luxury tax now for the first time this year right. uh, also it, it just goes back to what i say that this is a big market team that needs to think like a big market team ownership has extremely deep pockets uh, the local TV deal that the Phillies have is one of the best. The the, the Philadelphia TV market, even though the, the city and the Metro size has fallen uh, to maybe eighth or 10th nationally behind some of the other Sunbelt places like uh, Houston or Phoenix, that for reasons of like TV signals that I don't understand that the Philadelphia TV market is still the number four in the country behind New York, LA and Chicago. Now it's, a significant distance behind Chicago, but fact is Philadelphia, the Philadelphia sports market dollar, it's the only market in MLB that it's the biggest market in MLB with only one team. Right. It's the only market in the country, uh, biggest market in the country that doesn't have multiple teams in at least one sport. So there's, there's deep pockets there because of the, the media rights. And, uh, and, and I think it's the right move to, to, to go after those those guys and they filled they filled holes and uh, and JT Realmuto the the year before um, yeah. he, he's got a, a 5.1 war this year uh a, a amazing catcher relative to the, the the market for catchers in this game and yeah that they, they opened up the bank for him but t- but totally worth it in, in, in my opinion
0: again selfest question not planned at all but you mentioned JT. I am probably the, if not the, one of the bigger stands for Wilson Contreras overall. Maybe not in the second half slump. He's kind of hit, but separate thing. So when you see a player kind of like Contreras take that, or that All-Star start, and JT, correct me, JT didn't make the All-Star team this year. He did not this year. No, I don't think so. No, it was only... Yeah, so with that being said, do you think JT Riamito does not get the credit or the acclamation or the credit? Yeah, there's the credit he deserves to be kind of one of, of, if not the top catcher in baseball?
1: Could be, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, he's... (laughs) Playing for the Marlins and now for the Phillies, yeah. I don't know if he's had the, the national spotlight yeah. uh, yet, but uh, I'll. Yeah, I'm. I, I would guess he's he's underrated. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean he'll start for the World Baseball Classic in March, yep. so yep. he'll get plenty of eyes yep. this time That'll from around the world. So that'd be good. And Harper, I don't know if Harper is going to be healthy enough to play right field with his arm. But, I, I wonder about that too.
1: Yeah. I, I don't I, I think I'd be fine if he uh was there for moral support, but we'll we'll see.
0: I mean, or just if he is the consistent DH or just if he comes off the bench, it's not a bad yeah. option. Um yeah. Yeah. but you mentioned this move, and again before we start recording, I have this kind of question because the Phillies did a move that almost kind of gives you a death sentence. Kind of, or to me at least, gives a death sentence for a season, and that's firing your manager halfway, if not even before half the year. Yeah. So they decided to do that very early on. You said May, I forgot the date, but
1: um, yeah, it was yeah. right around the end of May, like Memo- week of Memorial Day. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So was that the right? I'm obviously, now looking at it during the wild card, it'd be like, oh, it's the right move. Of course. Um, but when it happened, again, was your idea pessimistic or was it like, let's see? I was more optimistic about that.
1: I I, uh, I think it, it, in my mind, a lot of fans' minds, Girardi had been worn out as welcome. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know that I had in mind that we really needed to make those Moves to the younger guy, uh the, the younger guys, but uh, I, it, it was clear to me that the team was stuck and not going anywhere, and uh, so I, I welcomed that. And uh, hopefully Thompson becomes the the full time guy. I think he still has the interim tag officially, but yeah. uh, even if they miss the, the playoffs here, there's no reason not to not to bring him back.
0: You said driving wore out his welcome. Why is that? Uh
1: I don't know i I don't think we saw the same like game management issues that we saw mm. with Gabe Chapler as a young manager that sort of drove Phillies fans bonkers. uh but th- there was there was no heart uh mm. it it didn't seem like the team was playing strong. It was just that proverbial uh attitude and and heart issue that seemed to be really. Really missing, and that seems to, that seems to be really much improved.
0: Yeah. Uh it, last question about the current team, and that is, I'm going to. Me- I feel like I'm gonna mess up the name, but I wanna try it. So Alec Boom is a boom or bum? It's boom. You got it. Yeah. Oh, man, I lo- I even looked it up, and I was like, I'm wrong still. Um, so you got so it. Ale- Alec Boom. Was struggling, even got booed in Philly, and uh, kind of had a one of those viral uh, interview really moments did. where. So, but then at, since then he's hit around three hundred. He has good power numbers. He's not playing as as bad defensively at third base. Um, really worked on it, yeah, yeah. So, what is your is he the kind of young piece? cornerstone piece that you could say is gonna help the team moving forward or is it like you said Brooks like uh stop
1: I I've been really encouraged by Boehm the guy seems like he's really intense you know mm-hmm. he's I remember that that 93 team they had a third baseman named Dave Hollins and his nickname was head and head stood mm-hmm. for head case the guy was up in his head he was super intense and I you see that with Alec Boehm he's like he, he's hitting himself in the head. If he's making a bad play in the dugout, there's this like intensity that is uh, coming from a, a good desire to ex- succeed and excel, but is obviously not always uh, externalized in a healthy way. You know, if, if he can get those kind of, uh, th- 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 those kind of issues put together, I, I think he could be, he'd be really strong. And yeah, he, he has had a great turnaround this year. Um, yeah. I think the, uh, <laughs> We'll see. I think there's some good pitching prospects in in the high A and double A. I haven't really. I don't. I don't really follow the system that much as a lot of fans do. I couldn't tell you who some of the top prospect names are, but uh, i I think we're in a. I think we're in a good uh, a good place here. That, uh, that that we can make a nice run for a few years. Um, expanded playoffs. That's uh, that's positive. And if you can get in, who knows what can happen.
0: Yeah. So, what is your thought with the Phillies? Uh, so you said you think they make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. What's your expectation for the team this year in the playoffs? I think the Phillies are going to go as far as they can until they meet the
1: Dodgers and the Mets. Uh, I think we can take anybody else in the playoffs. I think I think nobody's stopping the Dodgers period for the World Series. Uh it was just too deep, and but the Mets have the Phillies number crazy this year. I think they won. They played all their games. I think they won thirteen or fourteen of them uh, out of yeah. nineteen. So it just they just don't match up, and it's it's just uh, it's just bad. But I think uh, you know there's a good chance if we're the sixth seed and the Cardinals hold on to the Central, there's a really yeah. good chance of the six-three wild card series being the St. Louis. And I'm going to do everything I can to get over there.
0: Yeah, that would benefit you quite a bit. It would be um, fun. And next year, uh, with these schedule changes, yeah. Uh, the Phillies will be playing here in Kansas City or St. Louis. At least, I'm gonna guess at least one team will be. There'll be at least one one series that you can possibly go see. So they will be good. yeah. The last time that the Phillies came
1: through Kansas City, which was 20, I think it was 2019, uh, they put together a road trip where that it was a St. Louis Kansas City road trip, and I went to a game in both towns. Mm-hmm. So uh, wow. I'd, love to see, I'd love to see MLB do that again for, for my for my selfish purposes.
0: Yes, like, yeah, for you, that'd be really good. Um, I'm not sure for like, for Kansas City, that'd be great to see the Phillies uh, as much. Um, but, yeah, so that'd be fun. Um, yeah, they'd be carrying it around. Bobby, all right, so. One player to watch. Yeah, so I do. So there's a hypothetical question on um, I'm asking everyone, and this is kind of this was spurred on by honestly, as I look back on it, it was spurred on by the uh the war in Ukraine, oddly enough, and Mm -hmm. the conversation was between Cubs fans and was what if our ownership did X Y Z. Like, will that not make you a fan of the Cubs or temporarily or maybe ever? Kind of what? That's, that's, would, that's really what so the question uh, that kind of expands from that is, is there? And if there is, what would be either that one thing or that genre of things that would have to make you that would make you not a Phillies fan temporarily or yeah. If we was bad bad enough ever again, what would be the one thing or things that would have yeah. to happen?
1: That's really interesting from a Cubs perspective with an ownership that's politically engaged. So that, that's yeah. really interesting. I'd love to come back to that and hear your answer uh, yeah. too. But, you know, I thought about this a little bit as someone who was a casual fan of Penn State football, but not a, uh, mm. yeah. a ride-or-die fan. But, you know, I watched that growing up too. And uh, that program obviously was uh destroyed by scandalous crime and sin and uh and it was interesting because that program and that style and that coach were so revered for their style their old-fashioned morality and ended up being such such hypocrisy so i remember thinking at that time that that scandal broke and maybe at least in my casual deciding to watch penn state versus an sec game on a saturday afternoon i I was just making a decision after that so yeah you know sports is sports and sports is part of real life and if we're not thinking about the real life issues of justice and crime and and sin then we're then we've taken sports too far and if we say that like a a sports team would have an ultimate loyalty on us that would be bigger than any of those things then obviously it's gotten gotten out of shape so um yeah i don't know what that would what that would be, but I'd certainly keep that, uh, keep that idea open that something could change in my, yeah. in my interest as a fan or, or my lo- sense of loyalty to the team. But yeah. the most likely, uh, situation that I don't think is, uh, I don't think what happened in Philadelphia because of the economic factors that we already talked about would, you know, the, the team picking up and moving to another town. Mm. I, it would be hard for me to imagine sustaining the same level of interest if that happened with my team, because it was a team that, you know, comes from the home area that, that, that I came from, and that's my reason for it. Uh, right. So I, I imagine that if, if if the Nashville Phillies ever happened for some strange reason, uh, I, I would I'd probably be a lot less on on board. But uh, it, it, I can't imagine for the, the economic reasons something like that ever happening. Did you and your friends ever come to a conclusion about about the Cubs?
0: Yeah, so uh, the conversation continues. Uh, So so I won't say that there's a resolution, but I will say that the, especially the Cubs ownership, is kind of, it's not diverse, but they have differing opinions just politically. Of course, uh, with the governor in uh, Nebraska and the their ties yeah. to, uh, especially the Trump organization and uh, the camp campaign, but also within the ownership group, there's ties to the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton. Um, so politically, it's kind of hard, unless, and this was something that was brought up in another conversation, was that if, if the Cubs, on either side, um became kind of a the Cubs were used as a fundraising arm. Hmm. Um or to, like they were leveraging um the team itself to raise money or to give money to anything that any any side of that um or just any political move it would have to be weighed. Uh but my stance I don't think I've said Particular is is the genre of kind of what you're alluding to with pense is kind of the genre of morality when it comes to decision making and the structure of a team. So a a choice that someone makes like um, let's just say it's a one person in ownership has their morality crisis. And that's a different thing than the effect of the whole team to me. Um, the structure of the team, how they treat their employees and how they are publicly using their kind of funds to, yes, it could be breaking laws or, you know, the morality surrounding that could, be, could give me temporary halt on that. Mm-hmm. A permanent, permanent thing. Yeah, as you said, moving out of town, which again the Cubs would never do. Um, but uh, moving out of town, or honestly, if there was a um, a really radical change when it comes to you, just overall treatment of human beings, their fans, their players, their anyone who was involved with that, that would give me reason to contemplate. But I yeah. wouldn't say there's a thing per se, one thing. I would say there's a general of things that would make me be like, give me time to reflect. because As you said, sports I, I even had a conversation with a friend this week who said, sports is a conduit to conversation and relationship. It's not the end-all be-all. I like that. So if you're watching or listening, I'm sorry, but sports is not the thing. It it does not dictate much else besides just entertainment value, um, which is, I think, where it should be. But when it crosses that line of, like, I just can't align myself with what's happening or where it's going, give me time to reflect on that and... I could see myself moving on. I just don't see anything per se, but yeah. you, never, you never know.
1: Now, here's another hypothetical I can't imagine, but could the Cubs exist without Wrigley Field? The Bears are moving to the suburbs. If, oh. if they decided, and I know they renovated it just now and everything, but it, it, would Cubs fans just abandon ship if they decided to tear down Wrigley Field and start over in the suburbs?
0: It's, it's a good question because I think – There's always that conversation of Wrigley and possibly having a lake, lake lakefront view, not like uh, St. Fran or anything like that. But there was a time when they wanted to have um, to move closer to the lake, uh, still be on the north side, and still and kind of have with our building now, which is kind of a, a neighborhood just for the Cubs, Cubs fans. Um, I don't, do I think it would continue? Yes. I think it's, it's ingrained. So Mm -hmm. I don't think fans would be, I don't think hardcore fans would be as, as excited for the overall atmosphere of it. But Mm -hmm. I don't think, I mean, as long as there's beer in the outfield, people will go. <laughs> um, you got those those
1: uh, snakes of beer cups in the bleachers. It, it'll work for folks, right?
0: Man, the fact that that gets on SportsCenter, but not like anything else, is just oh my yeah. gosh! Can I, we I stop it. a little bit? I, I get it. I get it. Like I said, I get it. Um, but No, I yeah, I don't see them moving. But mm. also, I saw something recently where someone was like, "You're not involved in we're going to football first thing. I'm not a big football fan, so I'm not the one to ask about this, but the Bears potentially going to Ar- Arlington Heights. One guy said recently that you're not really a Bears fan if you're not at least on board with this idea. And I'm like, all right, then I'm not a Bears fan. Um, so, if you have that opinion and, like the stadium, the whatever the atmosphere is important, then you can stop. That's okay. It's just, I don't think the Cubs will unless, again, something structurally with the stadium is like a huge issue. Yeah. Yeah. Again, they're putting so much money around, around that place that it'd be like, uh, putting in an investment that you're just walking away from. So Yeah, I can't imagine um, it for the next 50 years now, but yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. But we talked about the – you talked about the Phillies in the playoffs. You talked about if they go up against the Mets or the Dodgers. But, I mean, at some point, if they make it past the first round, if they make it and if they make it past the first round, got to say if – they will play either one of those two teams. Is the World Series champion this year going to come out of the NL? Or if not, who's going to be the World Series champion this year?
1: I I think the Dodgers are unstoppable. Uh, mm. Both both pitching and their lineup are, are so deep. Uh, so I, uh, I, I don't think I'll cheer for them. I always cheer in the postseason for some whatever team has like not been in it for a while, you know, but, uh, so, uh, so I'll be on board with, uh, with the Orioles and the AL if they can, if they can uh, get back in it or, uh, or if Milwaukee ever does, uh, does well, if they, you know, if, if they would end up passing the Phillies, I'd, I wouldn't mind I'd jump on that bandwagon but I'll cheer for the Phillies. And then I'll just expect the Dodgers to, to win it.
0: Okay. So, um, I think it, there was something with that. Uh, I've gotten, with the conversations I've had, people have chosen an, an NL East team to win. Mm-hmm. Either one. They've chosen the Mets at Braves, really, to win the World Series this year. Uh, just think, genuine question for the future of the Phillies. Do you think, with all the talent and the money that Especially the money the Mets are spending and the young talent the Braves are really signing on to um, really early. What is your hope in future, just as Phillies fan, you know, kind of just as a as a team? Do you do you see them busting through and getting that uh, division at some point in the future?
1: It's a tough division. I I hope so. I think just getting back into the back in the postseason at all as a wild card is something that would just thrill the fan base right now. Um, And, uh, but it's, it's a tough division and, uh, and it's going to be at least if we're in, it's going to be at least a three way race for the foreseeable future. So it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough draw. Maybe there'll be some realignment at some point. uh, And hopefully if there is, they don't stick us together with the, uh, the, Yankees and the Red Sox at the same time—that could happen too. But uh, it, it's yeah, it's it, it's a tough uh, it's a tough spot. And uh, but the nature of uh, the nature of short postseason series is, if you can make it in, you've uh, you've got a good chance. So uh, if we remain yeah. competitive here the way we have over these past uh, June, July, August, September, three and a half months, that's uh, that's a way to go for next year too.
0: Yeah. So. Again, you tell me. Um, I saw recently that the as far as the postseason appearances, the Phillies have the second longest drought. Oh yeah, currently. So it's the Mariners, two thousand one, their historic year. But how many years has it been since the Phillies made it?
1: It'll be um eleven. It was twenty eleven, so this would be eleven yeah. years. Yeah, it's a it's a drought, and uh, I kind of feel like Phillies fans have a little bit of that uh, cynicism that maybe you as Cubs fans share a little bit. Where uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just easy to it's easy to be pessimistic, and this uh, being the first franchise to ten thousand losses for us was part of it, and uh, now we've got this postseason drought uh, was part uh, is part of it too. So we'll we'll uh, we'll see if we can pick off one goal at a time and get back in the dance here.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> In fairness, ten thousand losses, but then very shortly after, you got ten thousand wins. Now we're on the so, now we're on the ten thousand wins side. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so that happens
1: when you're around since eighteen eighty
0: three. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, when people ask me again, I'm trying not to make a question about me, but I'll uh, oh, go for it. It's people, your podcast. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's it's a shared podcast, um, the difference but difference. the but it's my uh, no no, I would say that as <laughs> captain, no. But um, as a Cubs fan, uh, I was uh, to kind of make a lighthearted comment to people. I've always said, being being a Cubs fan has taught me just perseverance, and that's if that's anything. They never win, and I get to be uh, perseverant through it and see it through all the way to the end. Um, Do you kind of see that as as just overall Philadelphia fan?
1: I do, and I've got a quote I'm going to read you on this. Okay. James. You got quotes. I'm
0: not saying anything original.
1: (laughs) James Michener was an author, a novelist, and they asked him about this in the 1970s and uh he said since 1915 i have been cheering for the phillies and if that doesn't take character what does in such circumstances it is traditional to say i supported my team in good years and bad there were no good years i cheered <laughs> in
0: bad years and worse i mean so, <laughs> you, you, yeah, you, that can transition to a Chicago Cubs fan for easy. So You can you get, you get yeah. roll with that too, yeah. Yeah. Um, be, I'll say if the Phillies make it, I have a reason to root for the Phillies this year. Um, if they, they get they on make board. The is wide open for you. I mean,. I think people will notice that the, I'm talking to people and of different teams and people I have connections to because if these teams make bluffs, there's always a reason to roof them. I mean, now I'm out in the LA area and I'm not. I don't want to say anything bad about the Dodgers because it's like a cult of sorts. Um, but. Yeah, almost same thing, brother. Um, yeah, but just ha- having a reason to root for teams that um, you never really n- know any any person connected to it. It's always important to get to know kind of their history and where mm-hmm. where they're at right now. So I appreciate you even talking about the delays, you know, in the past and the present. And again, if they make it especially if they're against the cardinals i'm rooting for the Phillies <laughs> right exactly totally all uh, right so, so, much fun, so much fun to chat about yeah so again thank you for uh talking with me today and this has been another special episode of the fantasy Base podcast my name is Jake and this is Dan by Dan Brady. we're gonna head out
1: thanks Jake see y'all <laughs>